Just a quick heads up, The Holy Hive Show does contain adult language that may not be suitable for sensitive listeners and children. Hello, Utahns, and welcome to The Holy Hive Show for Tuesday, Spooktober 13th. Spooktober 13th. I'm your host, Jordan Delacruz, and with me is the producer of the show, Dan Lawler. Dan, did you have a good weekend? I most certainly did. I got I had a little uh, weekend spa getaway up at Snowbird. Ooh. I got saw the got to touch snow for the first time this little, year. Little staycation for the first time this season. Little staycation, yeah, for sure. Was so was that Saturday night? I think Saturday night was when the weather kind of turned. Yeah, yeah, we went up Saturday night. Uh, well, we went up Saturday afternoon at like three p.m. and then woke up the next morning and it was a it was a snowing. Pretty nice. Yeah, it was really nice. I bet. Um, yeah, I had a pretty good weekend too, except for a, a night that I had out. You had <laughs> a did, night out. I had a night out, and I have some some things to talk about, but we'll get into that uh, as we get into uh, the, the stories today. All right. Um, today on the show, we're going to do a little news touching down on topics such as uh, pandemic real estate, city symbolism, and little rodents with COVID-19. Then we'll wrap up the uh, show with our very own 2020 local restaurant food draft, where we draft our own list of restaurants. After we do the draft, we're going to post the results on Instagram and Twitter, at Holy Hive Utah, and you can vote on whose draft came out the best, so a little bit of friendly competition. Sure. Did you bring your A game? I, br- I brought my A game. You feel confident in your my, list? My appetite game. <laughs> um, but first, we're going to uh, dive into the ongoing saga of Utah's battle with COVID-19. COVID-19. In today's edition of the COVID Corner, and since this is an ongoing segment. Yeah. I thought it deserved... Did you brew up a drop? I brewed up a drop. You brewed up a drop. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go to the COVID corner. Corona. With my Corona. Corona. With my Corona. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I absolutely love the sneeze. I had to spice it up a little bit. I just, like, literally saw these Snoop Dogg Corona commercials. (laughs) I just pulled from that. I love it. Right on. So what's going on uh, with COVID-19 in Utah this week, Dan? Nothing great. Um, <laughs> so I, since we spoke to you last Tuesday, uh, we have had 8,109 new cases and 40 new deaths just in, just in the one week. We did surpass 500 deaths last week, which wasn't great. We broke our record for single-day cases yet again with uh, 1,501 Got to get that extra one in there. Jesus. Yeah, it's not It's not looking great. Um, and I don't know if you have seen any of the press conferences that Governor Herbert's doing, but it's like yeah. really starting to get Groundhog Day-like. You oh, know? where he's saying the same thing over he's, and over again? I feel like I've heard him say like, oh, Utahns love their neighbors so many times. Yeah, it's like this like, do we look at, we got to stick together. It's like, no, we got to stick apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know no. my neighbors. <laughs> I've not spoken to any mm. of the people that live on any side of me in my apartment building. So I don't know so much about the neighbor thing, but yeah, yeah, it's not looking great. Um, yesterday, Monday, we mm-hmm. had, yeah. uh, we broke our percent positive, uh, record, which was previously in the, uh, high teens, low twenties. Now it's at 22.7% so positive. This is the number of positive tests out of total administered tests. Yeah. In, okay. a, in a given day. Correct. So not only are we getting more cases, but the cases are getting pretty thick. Yeah, and that just, uh, from what I've heard from epidemiologists and whatnot, that just indicates that there are people who are sick and who have confirmed cases that are not getting tested. If we're having that high of a a positive rate, that just means that people aren't getting tested, which is an article that appeared in the Salt Lake Tribune on Monday about the growing number of Utahns who are just kind of refusing to get tested out of some, uh, I don't know, some purpose they just they believe i guess yeah. it's the way to stay off the government's radar i have no yeah, idea it's like honestly. personal i don't know if it's personal pride or is it is it really is it like a political thing yeah i think everything at this point is kind of like a political thing a unfortunately yeah. yeah why did this happen have to happen in an election year i know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, truly yeah, yeah and i mean i got tested i think about a month ago and i already feel like i should maybe just go get tested again like Random tests? Yeah, just every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, Sam Finlayson, I apologize if I butchered that name, but he's the head of surgery at the University of Utah, Mm -hmm. and uh, this tweet really struck me. Utah's COVID numbers keep climbing, 
We're canceling surgeries, but not youth sports. What's wrong with this picture? That yeah. That's a great question. It's just people. Okay. So this kind of ties into what I was going to say about my weekend. Yeah. Um, so, uh, had a, had a birthday celebration this weekend. Okay. And Happy birthday. decided to go out with the, uh, the, the thought that maybe we could find a place. Well, it all started because downtown they're doing this thing with main street where they block off half of it and you yeah. can kind of walk freely. It was pretty cool. Like the, the setup was cool. And we kind of were like, maybe we can find a patio. Cause we ha- it was just us and a few friends. We were like, maybe we can find a patio. We all have masks on. Let's just figure out a place where we can hang out for a bit. So we went to local bar with a patio out front. Um, bar is the bar going to remain nameless? Uh, I won't say their name, but it rhymes with fake effect. Oh, okay. And <laughs> uh, Drake Drake effect. Drake effect. Yeah, wow. it's like it's something along those terms. Terms. Um, so we go to this bar and the uh, we we ask them. They said we say, "Can you seat nine? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yeah, we can. T- we can seat nine. And uh, so we, we, they, they bring us in. They're like, just go out to the patio and hang out there. And there's like a couple people out on the patio and we're just kind of like sitting in our own corner with our masks on. Like, like this doesn't feel very safe. And inside, you know, usually if you go to a restaurant now, they have like six feet spaces between tables. There was like none of that. Really? Like packed. The place was packed. And uh, um, among some of the more bizarre things that I saw that night was a dude while we were just kind of sitting out on the patio. Cause like there was open tables, but we weren't taking them because there was people next to him. Yeah. And so we were just kind of like huddled up in our own little corner waiting for someone to leave so we could spread out a little bit more. Um, a dude comes out, pulls out a joint, lights it just on the patio. Uh, there's a dude sitting right next to him, like shoulder to shoulder with him on a date with a girl. Yeah. Dude, dude on the date asks if he can hit the joint. <laughs> Guy passes the joint to him. Dude hits it. And then a guy comes flying by on a scooter, just past the patio on the street, sees this guy smoking a joint, asks if he can hit it. Dude passes it to the guy on the scooter and then back. Wow. And I, like, I was just like sitting here, like we were all just like, did that, is this really happening? That sounds like an episode of Impractical Jokers. Right? Dude, it, I was, I couldn't believe it. And I was sitting there and like, honestly, it was kind of like an anxiety riddled situation. And we were just like, oh, let's just get a couple things and let's, let's bail. And we bailed. You know, after, uh, you know, just hanging out for a little bit, tried to make the best of it, you know, but it was just like kind of uncomfortable. And my biggest takeaway from that experience, first of all, I was like, okay, going out is completely off the table now, like not trying it again. That was our one like experiment to see if we could do it. Not happening. Maybe park, you know, like going to a park or having like an apartment thing where you're just like small group of friends, controlled space. But my biggest takeaway was that like people aren't like listening. No, like people are just like, don't care. And, I've ha- I have yeah. felt the same way as well in certain situations. Um, and I do think that that you're like, in terms of like you say in the going out is kind of just off the table. Like, yeah, it does kind of seem like that I'm seeing mm-hmm. from people that I'm friends with who are going out and stuff. I'm just like, Oh, not yeah. great. Yeah. Like I would have to trust and kind of know the establishment. Like, yeah, we haven't been going back to, to Fisher yeah. And that is not at all because of how Fisher is no. responding to this. No. I believe that like they're doing a great job in terms of spacing and making sure that everything is safe. But yep. I just don't feel safe really going out to a place where no. there are people yeah. that, you know, lots of people in certain times. And it's just not something I'm super comfortable with currently. So yeah. I guess I'm kind of with you. And like we, that, that was the thing is like, I was kind of hoping to find a situation like Fisher where they have like a policy in place and they have everything nice and spaced out, and it's outside. And yeah. so I was like, let's go find a patio that we can sit on, and maybe we can have a little normalcy. And uh, then we go to this place, and it's just everyone's crammed in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, if, if the leaders don't like grab a hold of this thing and re- just say, okay, you know what, we're, we're, putting, we're shutting things down again. Not, we don't have to shut down the whole world. Because I think uh, how things are like – how, how transmissions happen. Mm-hmm. We know a lot more about it now. And so we can kind of set boundaries and still kind of keep going in the world. Yeah. I think that at the beginning of the pandemic, it was almost like we course corrected a bit too much because we didn't know anything. So like there were things that we were doing, you know, I was wiping down every grocery I bought and I'm yeah. not even saying that that's like out of like, 
you know, I don't even think that's like a super insane thing to do, no. but it's not something I'm still doing no, because no. I've read more about this virus and I know a little more about the virus. And yeah, yeah, I do think that we could. And I mean, her Herbert is currently not allowing Salt Lake to move back into the orange uh, color <laughs> code, yeah. which we have discussed the kind of yeah, doesn't mean anything. ineffectiveness yeah. of those color codes anyway. Yeah. But if it means that that sort of stuff is either punished or completely done away with where you have these these patios that are not at all set up well. Yeah. And I do think that, yeah, like that's just, that is pretty problematic. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's like, again, they're like, they're like businesses, businesses are always going to like push the limits of what they can do to make money. And we can still find ways that businesses can make money. Like Fisher to their credit has, they have, they've been doing their own thing. They haven't been trying to like push the limits, pack people in and make money. They've just adapted to the times and they've done a great job. And, but there's a lot of businesses that I'll just like, if, 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 you know, we have enough space or if we have enough of a leash to get away with this, then we're going to do it. It's like, it's exactly like, it's like business owners acting like those kids in Provo who are like, you know, they have the party and they're like, we abided by everything that the city said we had to do. And so we're, we're, you know, there's a diffusion of responsibility. (laughs) For sure. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we actually need someone to come in and like actually set some boundaries and make some harsher rules or harsher punishments because things are clearly not working. Yeah. But you know what? As long as we all stick together and love our neighbors, love our neighbors and hug our neighbors and maybe even French kiss our neighbors. Yeah. Then everything will be fine. You know? So thanks, Governor Herbert. All right, uh, let's move on to some news. Explosion. Tornado. Human remains. Pro, pro, Provo. It's a freaking earthquake. Explosion. Tornado. Human remains. Pro, pro, Provo. It's a freaking earthquake. Nothing bad ever happens in Utah. As the pandemic ravages large cities around the country, it appears that the U.S. elite is flocking to rural areas for security and safety. This week, the Salt Lake Tribune reports that Park City is one of the areas seeing massive real estate returns from the COVID-19 pandemic. Wealthy buyers are grabbing expensive houses and land plots in low population areas around Wasatch and Summit County. Park City reports that they've seen a 62% increase in home sales throughout July and August compared to those same months in 2019. City employees speculate this is due to the pandemic's effect on telecommuting and big companies in coastal cities not requiring their employees to be in the office anymore. The uh, current median price for a home in Park City it now sits above just above two million dollars. So Dan, seems like before the pandemic, <laughs> coastal creep was yeah, already kind of happening. Certainly, and uh, based on you know experience experiences and stories that I've heard from like fam- family and friends and a little digging, it seems like um, the same thing is happening in like Idaho, in Montana, and these kind of western coastal adjacent states you know interesting um but utah yeah it's happening a lot in utah um so i'm wondering do you think this spells trouble for like younger generations born in utah trying to just like buy homes in their own neighborhoods oh certainly and i mean kind of like you said i do think that this trouble was already kind of in the works or already actively working yeah before the pandemic started mm-hmm. um it just boosted it. as someone who just loves looking through zillow and getting anxiety yeah. at yeah. 1 a.m um <laughs> I, I, I'm often just flabbergasted at the prices mm-hmm. of homes in Salt Lake City right now. And honestly, yeah. throughout the state, um, my girlfriend has a house across the street from hers that is that just went up for sale. It hasn't been updated whatsoever since it was built. Uh, and it's not like a new house, you know. Um, it's just a small two-bedroom, unfinished basement, that sort of situation. And it was listed for low 300s. Mm-hmm. And within the week... It had an offer, like the first offer that that came in was for a hundred thousand more than the asking really? price, and it's still they're just still getting offers rolling in. Yeah, because that's like how competitive the market is right yeah. now. Yeah, so like I mean, it doesn't matter. Like there, I I have no idea how a person really can do that, and I'm yeah. not. I am the furthest thing from my from financially savvy. So yeah, maybe I'm a terrible person to have this conversation with, but. It's it is insane to me the amount of money that is needed to to just own a home. Yeah, and we're right just talking now. about the valley. We're not even talking about Park City, which is like yeah, insane, anyways. Absolutely. But like so, the so according to like, I mean like 
if you, if you take like a financial literacy class with the baseline of like the proper home buying technique, if you buy a home the right way, you're supposed to save 20% because it saves you on your mortgage insurance. So 20% for a down payment. And then you're only supposed to let your mortgage take up 20% of your take-home pay. So based on the income of like younger generations and the prices of homes in Salt Lake City, like I think we're like truly fucked. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how that how that math could work out whatsoever for, I know, right? for a person. No, yeah, well, because... I mean, the tw- I can understand I, that sounds like a perfectly feasible thing to do for someone who has owned homes before. Right, yeah. Because you sell your house and that's how you get that 20% down payment. Uh-huh. But for someone who is literally just trying to save up money to buy their first house. And I do think that there are probably some mm-hmm. programs in place that, yeah. that do help with that sort of situation. Sure. Where and I don't think anyone is really like, I think probably the smallest percentage of people are actually abiding by that type yeah. of technique, but that's like, a, a, you know, the right way to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's when I talk to people who do actually seem to know what they're talking about. That is what they talk. That is what they say. Yeah. The 20%, but it's just really it is dramatic out there. Yeah. Like, so if you want, to spend $100,000 on a home, you need to save $20,000 for a down payment. Um, that's going to take a long time, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, how much money you make. So by the, like, by the time you save up 20 grand, how much is the market going to change? Exactly. You know, it could just keep going up and up and up. And if you're spending 100 grand on a house, you're buying in like Tooele. <laughs> maybe. Like a shack, in t- a condo in Tooele, maybe. Yeah. Um, so if you're actually wanting to buy in Salt Lake, you're actually going to have to save up, like, if you're going to do it the right way, like $60,000. Again, I don't think most people do that. No. But, um, so, so people, you know, and, and, but that ends up making it more expensive. So you're actually spending money on mortgage insurance and now you're spending more than 28% of your income. So you really just kind of have to bury yourself if you want to like get a home. I'm going to move back to Roy. That's where I always knew I would end up. It is like. You know, I, I, I do the same thing where I get on like Trulia. That's, yeah. that's my app of choice. And I look look around at like uh, places in Salt Lake. And then I go over to Ogden, start looking at homes in Ogden. I'm like, damn, is it time to move back to Ogden? <laughs> like, or, or I mean, I guess not. I guess I could get a like a three, Con- like a yeah third level condo. Yeah, in. but even the condos, you're looking, there is not a nice condo in like the downtown Salt Lake area for less than 300. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but it's bad. Yeah. 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 It's like a, like a studio condo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really sucks. And so like, I was thinking as I was reading the story, if there was like something, I don't know if there's something like this that exists, but if there's something that like can protect Utah residents who were born here and want to invest in land in their own neighborhoods. Um, it seems like one of those things where like there's so much money in real estate and, probably a lot of lobbying that goes on between uh, political leaders and the real estate oh, industry. Oh, 100%. I absolutely believe that's true. So it seems like silly that something like that could ever happen. Like, oh, we're going to protect Utahns from coastal creep. Um, but man, if, if we could have some kind of like, like transplant tax for like people moving out of state to here, because I mean, if people keep doing like the, the tech industry is booming here. And if people from coastal cities start taking jobs in Utah and they start moving in after, you know, you, you're going to make more as a, even as a, as a server in LA than you are in Salt Lake. Yeah. And, but like, if you're taking a tech job comparatively, you're going to make, you're going to be bringing a lot more money into, into Utah. So your buying power is going to be a lot better. Um, And it's just going to push like people trying to save up for a home out and out and out and out and out. Um, but yeah, it just seems like something needs to be done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we can find the answer here, but it would be I, I, it would be nice to hear from like a, a real estate expert. Yeah, some form of transplant tax yeah. or like just some, you know, Utah resident discount or something. Like yeah. I have no idea. But yeah, it's like <laughs> why why is it that like someone can come has to pay like five times as much to go to the U if they're coming from California, but they, yeah. you know, no, yeah. no 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 such such uh, taxes on out-of-state home buyers, as far as I know. Who, who knows? Maybe there is, but yeah, and it's gross. Yeah, you sell your house for like one point two million in California, and then you come here and you can buy like a huge plot of land in Salt Lake, or yeah. you can ju- like just buy a completely re- refurbished or newly built house in the valley or downtown. But all right, let's move on to the next story. <laughs> So 
So after sifting through hundreds of entries, the design contest for Salt Lake City's new flag came to an end last week as Mayor Aaron Mendenhall unveiled the new design. The design was actually not that of a single person, but the combination of two designs that had been submitted. The new flag features a sky blue bar on top and a white bar on bottom representing the sky, snow, and salt of Salt Lake's uh, namesake, and also features a seagull lily uh, up in the uh, upper left corner. Dan, what did you think of the flag? Well, I kind of had <laughs> when I first when I first saw that it was announced, I was just completely confused because I was actually keeping a pretty close watch on this uh-huh. because I'm a fan of design and I'm yeah, a yeah. fan of flags and Salt in Lake. general, and I like Salt Lake, and I was just really really excited to get our like Adobe stock current Salt Lake flag out of here because it is just one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and I was like, that flag doesn't exist on the finalists. I was really confused. I yeah. was like, wait, hold on. That's not a real flag that yeah. was submitted. And then, yeah, I read a little further into Mayor Mendenhall's Instagram post, uh-huh. and it was like, yeah, we we combined two. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty shitty. I know, right? <laughs> like, it, I really yeah. it didn't sit well with me that they just decided to mash two designs together with no with no like you know care for for the intentionality that went into those designs. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I did read. I know I read an interview with at least one of the the young ladies that young ladies I sound so old right there <laughs> with one of the people who young who designed, gals yeah with one of those young gals that designed the flag I believe that she was a, a student at West High yeah and uh, she seemed pretty stoked that it was that that it was chosen so I mean I guess I can't really be the one mad here but I'm still gonna be mad you can't she, just make a Franken flag did she design the the seagull lily or did she designed the two bars. Ooh, that's a great question. I think the original, where the two bars came from, the design was like a like a beehive logo uh-huh. over the two bars, and they just took the way the logo, kept the, the background, and then put the seagull lily. That's yeah. another flag. I really liked a lot of these flag designs, too. That's why mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed. that I think that there were some really, really great choices, and they just decided not to choose any of them. I didn't see it in this article that I got this from, but I, there was like a $3,000 prize. Yeah. Well, how did that work? Did they split it? I guess they split it. <laughs> that would that's, suck. Yeah, that's such bullshit. <laughs> that would suck so bad. She's like, you only get half of it. You guys did half, each half of the design work. You guys are about 50% quality. Yeah. We're going to combine those. I mean, I do, I will say just completely like taking a step back. It is, it's just so such an improvement though over the Yeah, it really class. is. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it really doesn't sit right with me the whole, the whole way that it all went down because like I said, I mean, you guys, I think you can Google, if you Google just Salt Lake City flag finalists, like you can find that that mm-hmm. page that has all of those. And there were some really good ones on there. And I don't know, I'm kind of bummed that that they didn't. So the, the story with the last flag is actually very similar, um, according to Wikipedia, which I found out today that there is a Wikipedia for Salt Lake City's flag. Wow. Because it has a, a long, colorful history. Um, so the last flag came in 2006 while Rocky Anderson was mayor and they had a contest like every Salt Lake City flag has been done through a contest amazing <laughs> um, so uh in in 2006 Rocky Anderson was mayor they had a contest but the the city council reviewed like 50 different entries and they didn't like any of them so they just made their own and that's how we got the 2006 flag yeah the shutterstock one yeah like you could name any like uh stock image website and that's pretty much like it's just a vector Salt Lake vector drawing yeah. with like some really really it's not bad even, text. It's not even it's not even a Salt Lake City vector drawing because if you go onto Shutterstock and you search Salt Lake City skyline vector, yeah. there's some really detailed well-made like silhouettes of our skyline. The flag looked like someone googled how to use the the, the pen tool. <laughs> and then just like had at it and they were just like the temple and that building and um yeah. Oh, it's so bad. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. It's so bad. Yeah, and then the uh, font is like the impact meme font. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know. So I like the – I don't know who was on the city council in 2006, but the gall of, of them to just be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I got this. I'm going to – I am I got this. Just let me – let me uh, – let me uh, look on, on YouTube for some uh, tutorials real quick and we'll get this this flag made up. But I think it honestly speaks to like this kind of, I, this is kind of an ongoing theme with this podcast too, which is we, we're kind of critical of the attitude towards design. Yeah. People don't seem to appreciate like good design. Design and just kind of creation. Yeah. And 
this again, this like all these flags have come from contests. It even so before 2006, did you see the the very first Salt Lake City flag? No, I don't believe so. So it, I think it came in, um, came in to, or it was approved in. Let me see, 1963. So the old one was from 1963. Again, it was a contest that was run by Deseret News. Why is Deseret News choosing the flag? Yeah, <laughs> that's know? a good. That's a good question. But it's like this kind of. It almost looks hand drawn. I'm not sure. Like in '63, they don't have Adobe, so I don't know how it, they would have put this together. But it it shows like a sunset coming over these mountains, or I guess it would be a sunrise coming over the mountains, and then there's seagulls up top, and there's like a beehive shape over it, and then there's a pioneer wagon, and then there's pioneers on the side, and then there's a ribbon across the bottom that says Salt Lake City, and then in quotations, this is the place. And so Rocky Anderson, the reason why he wanted to change the flag in 2006 was he said it was too, it was it wasn't as inclusive enough, and it was. Uh, um, too geared towards uh, Mormonism. Yeah. So he wanted to change it up. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't. It. It just. It's like again, they're having a contest. I don't know if there was a prize for the first contest. The second contest didn't even have a winner. Someone from the city council just threw it together, I guess, or maybe they had like a kid that had a design class. But why don't? Why not just hire a designer? Why not just truly use that three grand to hire a designer? to study the city for a month and come up with like a really cool design so we can have some like lasting iconography and, mm-hmm. you know um and also maybe we should do this with the utah state flag how do you feel about the utah state flag i don't like the utah state flag i would be so down to to get a new flag redesign it mm-hmm. do you do you know has a cool flag colorado yeah colorado's colorado. flag's pretty sweet yeah it's like pretty pretty basic pretty clean maryland has a great flag I haven't even seen what Maryland's flag looks like. Oh, yes, you certainly have. It's on everything Baltimore has ever put out, whether it's sports Oh, yeah, or... okay, okay, yeah. That one's pretty cool. I love I like just kind of coat of arms sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't like whatever thing the Utah one is, just a beehive with, like, just too many bald eagles, I guess. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah the bald eagles and the beehive, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's time to update the Utah State flag. A man has been charged with assault for throwing a punch at a fellow patron of a Cafe Rio in Cottonwood Heights. And no, it wasn't over who got the last ramekin of Spicy Ranch, but over the county's public mask mandate. Jonathan Crocker, a.k.a. Johnny Crocs. Johnny Crocs. A.k.a. the smothered burrito brute. I was wondering when we were going to make fun of this guy's name. <laughs> uh, he was formally charged after an investigation where police determined that Crocker had entered a Cafe Rio without a mask to pick up an order. Employees asked him to wait outside or put on a mask, and when he refused, another Tex-Mex fanatic intervened. Crocker told the man to mind his own business and punched him. Crocker. Do you then, think that was like simultaneously, <laughs> like, mind your business, punch, or was it <laughs> That's like... That's how it read in the yeah. article. It was like, hey, man, could you just like wait outside? These people are working... Mind your business, swag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Unhinged. Yeah. Crocker then left, drove to a relative's house, called a police dispatcher, and denied pun- ever punching the guy. <laughs> Bold strategy, Crocs. I know. he. This, this man is like chaotic energy personified. Like he, from the <laughs> article, he pulled up to the side of the restaurant... What? There's a, <laughs> like not the parking lot. He left his car door open while going in to get the order. Again, what? He's acting like <laughs> one of those crazy like Uber Eats people that like rushes into the restaurants like I need the food now. Yeah. <laughs> but he is just a person trying to get that that spicy ranch. Yeah. And yeah, man, just just all of it is is so funny to me. Like just the whole thing read like almost satire. The fact that yeah. he, the fact that he called the cops, is so funny to me. <laughs> it was like almost like one of those YouTube social experiments that went wrong, where he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this and and rile some people up and not wear a mask," and then halfway through it, he realized that he forgot to hit record on his phone, and then he just punched someone and ran <laughs> and bailed on yeah. the whole idea. It very well also <laughs> could be this is the second impractical Joker synopsis we've had this uh in this in this <laughs> podcast. This also just reads like them trying to get reactions out of the uh random bystanders in the store. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, people do, do do that. Like mm-hmm. not even for like a like a YouTube thing. Like people don't don't even do it for for the gram. They'll just do it because it makes them feel good. Yeah. And my favorite like the especially this year these kind of public freakouts have been 
pretty much on a weekly basis. You see a new video of something For like sure. this. My favorite version of the situation is where someone comes in and gives like a, a service worker shit and the service worker stands up for themselves and just like owns them. And the happiest version of that is where you find up that there's like a follow-up and the business owner actually like rewarded their employee for sticking up for themselves because oftentimes employees will not do that just to like keep their job, mm -hmm. you know, and they can't like defend themselves because the customer's always right. Even Jay Crocs being an asshole. Jay Crocs. Um, yeah, I think there was, there was one on Reddit this week of like a girl who was working in a hair salon and she was like dyeing a customer's hair, like one of her regulars. And she was teaching an apprentice and the apprentice, and she was like, I want to have her finish up. And the woman's like, no, I don't pay for her to do it. I pay for you. She's like, well, this is my business. I need to like her. And, and she just like started like arguing with her and kind of like treating her like shit. And then she did like a pump fake, like she was going to punch her. And the hairstylist was like, no, fuck you, get out. Wow. And I, was like, <laughs> I think her name was Robin. Robin. Yeah. She's like, and it was just funny. Like in the video, she's like, get out, Robin. That's get out, Just get out. <laughs> The lady just had to leave with all the hair shit. You don't come back here. But I, I just love it. I love, there was even, there was another one, uh, like, uh, like a security cam footage of a guy grabbing a wait waitress's butt. Mm. And he, like, he, he did like a drive-by. Oh, uh, she grab. hit her with a haymaker? She, she grabbed him by the back of the shirt and then pulled him down onto the ground and just started screaming in his face. Nice. <laughs> and I think she got a raise. So Good. that's the best version of that story. Um, don't be like Jay Crocs. Yeah, truly. Or, or Robin. <laughs> Mink ranches across Utah are getting a taste of the suffering they've been dealing out for decades <laughs> over as over 8,000 minks have died in the past month due to a COVID-19 outbreak at various mink fur farms. Minks, which are basically like little semi-aquatic ferrets, are able to contract the virus due to a protein in their lungs. And mink farms have been struggling with COVID-19 infections in both farm employees and the minks that they harvest fur from. It should also be noted that mink farms have been struggling with business since trade has been blocked uh, due to been blocked in China, which are like one of the biggest buyers of uh, American mink. Oh, so mink farms are struggling. They're not having a good time. No. And you know, what? I don't know how much I care. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so this is actually kind of funny because there was so something happened, I think, last Thursday before I even found this article about all these minks getting COVID. So. Uh, my girlfriend works in the south part of the valley, mm -hmm. and she went into work, and she said, like, her office, like, smelled like shit, and she was like, like she's like, what's that smell? And she, like, like, searched everywhere to figure out where the smell was coming from and was trying to air out her office and all this stuff, and then left and then the next day came back and it still smelled like that, and she was like, what is going on? She talked to someone else, and they were like, I have no idea. And she came home from work and she was like, I don't know what's going on. Like my office smells so bad. And when I left for work, I was walking out the parking lot and the air smelled bad. Like it was like in the air. And I was like, that's really weird. And so I started like Googling and I, yeah. went, on, I went on to like the Salt Lake City Reddit. Eight hours before that, someone had been like, why does the air smell like shit in the South Valley? <laughs> and people were like, it's the mink farms. Duh. And apparently when they slaughter these minks, it gets really stinky. Really? <laughs> like really bad. Yeah. And- we determined there's so there's two mink farms mm -hmm. one in just like the center of the valley in like west jordan and then there's another one just over the point of the mountain in lehigh and we kind of determined that the lehigh one was probably the one that she was the smelling one that was yeah yeah but <clears throat> i'm wondering if it was like extra stinky because all these minks are dying and they had to harvest them as quickly as possible um they do they did say in the article though that if uh, you buy you know mink fur from them you're not going to contract covid because it doesn't work like that oh. so trying to keep the brand alive that's good but i don't really feel farm feel bad for these farms at all you know it seems like kind of a shitty practice yeah i mean i don't know a ton about mink farming mm -hmm. when when i saw that this was in the rundown it just immediately shot into my brain there was this kid that i hung out with in like in the at the end of junior high into high school he uh -huh. was older than me yeah i don't remember how like we became associated but we hung out a few times and then he kind of just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh huh. And then it turned out that it was because him and some other uh, vegan activists uh -huh. had broken into a mink farm oh, and shit. released like hundreds of minks. Oh, what? Uh, and I think that like some of them ended up like dying from stress and some ended up getting hit by cars and a bunch of other <laughs> yeah, stuff. So, probably. like, you know, maybe 
other ways to to use your activism. But yeah, I found the article yeah. from 2008 actually uh, while I was waiting. So I thought that was just a real weird blast from the past. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't even know these things existed until yeah. this weekend when I started looking into it. And I was like, wait, do people like still like buy mink coats? <laughs> like that seems like a... Well, is minky couture actual mink? I looked into that because that's the only kind of thing I could think of. Like I was like, people Big blankets. Don't... Yeah. I it... feel like there's tons of mink blankets or uh, fake mink blankets. Minky couture blankets are not made out of mink. Okay. They're made out of... The, the, the fabric is polyester. Interesting name. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like fake mink, <laughs> which I mean, it's fine. It's yeah, just polyester. Totally you know, fine. it's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I feel like it, other than like a, like a twenties, like flapper girl, who's an extra in the great Gatsby movie, like who's wearing mink, you yeah, know, it just really seems like a very question. weird thing. But uh, then yeah, looking into the article, it seems like China is like where they get most of their business. Yeah. So they're just exporting a lot of the, the fur to China, but. I don't know. I guess, you know, you do you. It just, <laughs> people you seem to you. not like it. It seems like there's the, the, I, I, maybe, maybe we need to, to infiltrate and see, see what the business practices are like. Yeah. We'll, we'll put on an American flag uh, button up and uh, get some spy glasses and go apply for a job. That sounds like a farm. plot to the impractical jokers. Oh shit. Is that the third, <laughs> is that the second one of the episode or the, the third, third one? I don't know. God damn. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for news. Let's move on to our feature. Okay, so this, my friends, is the 2020 Utah Restaurant Draft. And how this is going to work is Dan and I are going to take turns drafting certain restaurants in certain categories. Yep. So so this is going to be snake draft. Okay. So we'll flip a coin. Okay. See who goes first, and then we'll do snake draft. But we're going to draft in five different categories. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, and food truck. Do the categories have anything to do with the order, or is it just any order? Like, other than us taking turns, like, are we doing, we draft breakfast, then we draft lunch, then we draft Uh, dinner? Nah, let's draft, we can draft whatever. Whatever we want. Yeah, you just need one for each position. I don't know if I actually let you lay out the whole categories. What do you mean? Did you actually list all the categories before I cut you off and asked you questions? Oh, no. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So at breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, uh, and food truck. All right. Okay. So we got to figure out who, go, who goes first. Here. Oh, you have an app for a coin? I have a real life coin. Oh, just go ahead. Let's do it analog. All right. What do you want? Heads or tails? <laughs> uh, tails never fails. It is heads. Damn. Tails so I will, I will go first. Okay. Actually, I'm going to go second. Do I get to choose? Wait, what do you mean? You're, I want to oh, go. I want to go second. You want to go second? Snakes. Okay. Dang. So you actually have strategy going yeah, right now. <laughs> I want to go second. Okay. Okay. I'll go first. Um. Let's see here. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with breakfast. Okay. And I'm gonna take Ruth Steiner. All right. That is perfect. I'm a big Ruth, Ruth Steiner fan. Uh, I really like Ruth Steiner as well. That's up Parley's Canyon, right? Uh, immig- immigration. Okay. Immigration Canyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, biscuits and gravy. Great. Big, big biscuits and gravy fan. It's a good it's a good uh metric, biscuits and gravy to see if a breakfast place is good, you know? Absolutely. And they like kill it. Like it's like you show up, you get the biscuit with the jam, and then you order more biscuits with the gravy. It's just a, a, a biscuit fiasco. And they also have like really good uh um Benedicts. Are you a Benedict fan? I'm not a big Benedict fan because I don't really like Hollandaise. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I support big. your your love of, <laughs> of eggs Benedict. So biscuits and gravy, good Benedicts, great patio. Yeah, it's like anytime you have a canyon patio, for sure. It's and and anytime you can day drink in a canyon patio, that's also really good. That's really called good cheating life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, I, I was going to say this too. After we go through these, we'll have to do some like shout outs to some of the backups that we have. Because do you do you have backups too? I and do. So, okay. we, do you want to hold that for the end? Yeah, we'll hold that for the okay. end once we get the draft. So Sounds breakfast, good. I'm going with Ruth Steiner. All right. So I will. I got the next two picks. I'm going to start with dinner. Okay. And I'm going to choose Slackwater. Um, and in terms of what I really like to get from Slackwater mm-hmm. is I personally love the the Iron Horse pizza with spicy marinara. You yes. cannot beat it. It's just pepperoni, some sausage. Mm-hmm. You got your your red pepper and onion. It's very simple. It's, no, that's the basic. It's a classic, yeah. and it is just one of the m- most amazing things. Um, 
backup a backup option there would be the tiki masala pizza, which is also yes. just fantastic. And, and you so, combine that with a Melvin Sampan Asian style Imperial Pilsner. I even gave you a beer, <laughs> beer recommendation. You a beer recommendation. <laughs> I like it. I so I, I I had Slackwater on my list. I know. And, I figured that we probably would yeah. both would have had. That I had Slackwater one, so. Ogden specifically. Well, yeah. I, I think, mean, I figured that's that's where I would yeah. choose as well. Yeah. I've only been to the Sandy Slackwater one time. Yeah, it was me perfectly too. delightful. I've only been I've only picked up from there in during the pandemic. Gotcha. I haven't like sat down there. But I like the uh, I like the the Ogden vibe. I like mm-hmm. where the restaurant is in Ogden. Also like, on like a river. Area. On a river, yeah. yeah. And g- again, good patio situation. And yeah, the Iron Horse I've gotten in a calzone before, and Ooh, it's like really bomb. that sounds delicious. They do any of their pizzas in calzones, but also they have a really good Hawaiian and uh, like a barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, Just bomb pizzas. Honestly, all I could choose like six different pizzas yeah. from from Slackwater that I love. So that's my dinner choice, and uh, I'm gonna move on to another Ogden staple for breakfast, and okay. that is going to be Jeremiah's. Nice. Um, I don't know why I chose breakfast since you already have. I could have just saved that for last. Um, <laughs> but strategy got the best of me. Um, something I really love about Jeremiah's is the the Cowboy Benedict, uh, which is just like a play on the eggs Benedict, except mm-hmm. for it doesn't have hollandaise sauce. It's just biscuits and gravy with eggs on top, some Boom. cheddar that's, cheese. That's all you need. You know, I love that. I also love so good. a good country fried steak. Yeah. So yeah. they also have that. And um amazing cinnamon scones yeah that's i was, I was gonna say scones. the what what ruth steiner does for biscuits is what jeremiah's does for scones absolutely that's also a great sign of like a, a like a solid breakfast place is if they have like a staple mm-hmm. whether it's your scones or your biscuits yeah that's a great pick i haven't been to jeremiah's in forever i know i have not either i want to go again it's been Damn. a very long time i've been anywhere in forever what am i talking about <laughs> true all right <clears throat> okay so uh i think i'm gonna I'm going to go for my dinner choice, and I'm going to go with the Bayou. Great choice. Love the Bayou. Good beer selection. Great beer selection. Um, they have a, an app yeah. on your on, on like the phone marketplace. Like iTunes, they have their own app? And Yeah, iTunes and Android have, hmm. have an app in their marketplace for the Bayou's beer menu. I didn't so, even know that. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, love a, love a restaurant that has an app, an app rollout. Um, they also like just have food that you don't find around here a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Um, so like the things that I usually get there, crawfish etouffee, mm-hmm. really good. Um, really rich too. It's, you can't have an appetizer before that one. You no. have to go, you have to like prepare for uh, crawfish etouffee or, you know, Cornish game hen. They just take the a Cornish game hen is insane there. It's so good. It's very yeah, good. It's really, really good. They just take like a Cornish game hen and deep fry it. Mm-hmm. Deep fry that, that, that some bitch. Um, yeah, and then you can just hang out and uh, have a couple beers, eat a eat a Cajun food. I love Cajun food. Yeah, give me those Cajun fries. Yeah, every, oh, and the Cajun pasta. Time. My girlfriend goes for the Cajun. The pasta. Cajun pasta is very really good. good. Honestly, like that place has so many good options. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, terms yeah. of appetizer, the first time there's something called alligator cheesecake, and I remember I, I went there and. I was with someone who ordered alligator cheesecake, and I was like, oh, uh, weird. You were one of those people who eats dessert before, before you know, lunch. And no, it's a savory cheesecake, so it's got, like, tomato sauce on top. And it's, oh, like, interesting. it's like an actual, like, appetizer. And yeah. they have gumbalaya, which is just this oh, yeah, jambalaya the, oh, gumbo. Gumbalaya is insane. Mix that it's is so good. Very, very good. Yeah, again, very rich. You have to yeah, like exactly. Pear- you can't you can't be yeah. eating that alligator cheesecake before before you order the gumbalaya. Yeah, in and in, in, a, in a world with like fake Mexican food across the valley. Yeah, you, know, you need to you need to hold on to these places exactly because you're never gonna all the stuff that they have off the menu at, at the bayou you can't find anywhere else. Um, okay, so for my lunch choice, I actually was gonna go for a slackwater lunch. Nice. Yeah. Lunch and dinner, you can get creative with lunch and dinner in this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with my backup for lunch, which is uh, Pretty Bird Chicken. Nice. Downtown. Um, and then, like, again, it's not – It's I mean, it's like a pretty small menu. So yeah, there's not a ton there, of there, options. Yeah, it's not a, not a – but I love a place like that. No, again, yeah, keep like it the, simple. Like the, like the scones and the, the biscuits, you need to have a staple. Mm-hmm. And if you could just do one thing right, then it's often pretty awesome. Uh, so I, I get the hot chicken sandwich. You get it hot? Yes. I was going to ask your heat index on yeah, this. Yeah. Hot if I'm, 
if I'm, I don't know. It's like, if you don't have to return to work. Yeah. Yeah. I have to like, I have to like set aside a yeah. few hours and like, uh, to get it hot. I do like it hot. Um, but if you know, their, their medium is actually pretty spicy too. Like the medium is, the is where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Like I could eat the hot, but it's not comfortable. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a, it's an experience, you know? And I've never had there cause they have it even like one up from that. Mm-hmm. Was it like the hot behind? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what that's like. I wouldn't want to know what that's yeah. like. <laughs> their hot's pretty big. They have already. insane fries. Yeah, like their fries. the fries and whatever dipping sauce they serve with their fries is just Ooh, and we so, could get so in, good. We could get into a whole conversation about fries and mm-hmm. the different t- types of fries, but love a crinkle cut. I love a crinkle cut too. Yeah, and whatever seasoning they put on there is just bomb. It's all great. Um, I'm a big, big fan. Yeah. That was my backup dinner, by the way. Just oh, so was you, it? Just so you do know. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I had Pretty Bird as my yeah. backup dinner. Also, great location, like Regent Street, mm-hmm. and they have like a little patio area, and they you can you can get a wine in a can. Oh, yeah. At the Pretty Bird. I love a good wine in a can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good experience all around. Um, all right. So your pick. I'm going to go with dessert, and I'm going to choose Gourmandies. Motherfucker. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I should have done. I should have gone for my dessert. Um, yeah, I already had. Sle- I already had selected dinner. Um, but gourmandise, man. I'm a, I'm simple personally. Like what I like to get from gourmandise is just a cannoli. I just love a cannoli so much. Yeah. Um, but they do have plenty of options in their in their mm-hmm. in their baked goods. Um, I love the uh, the peach in quotes. It's called the peach, and uh, that's just two rolls soaked in peach syrup. Filled with custard and rolled in sugar, and they look. It looks like a peach. It's so good. I love. I love so many things from Gourmandise. Gourmandise is incredible. And I mean, since uh, I was going to pick it anyways, I already have my like menu item already thought out. And it's it's just cheesecake. I'm a cheesecake yeah. guy. Just love a cheesecake. I like a fruit cheesecake. I'm not like a huge chocolate. I like a, a fruit cheesecake. And if 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 you want to send it home, a, a beer like a dark beer. Yeah. So like cheesecake and like a stout that sounds delicious give me a coffee stout with a cheesecake yeah coffee stout and a cheesecake is incredible that sounds great i get one more pick that's right you do so now i get lunch i'm gonna go with lunch i'm gonna skip food i'm gonna save food truck for last because i that's the one i care the least about i think okay um this is really really tough for me because both of my choices for lunch are still available and i figured they both would be but Uh i don't know which one i want to choose so I'm going to go with the one that I certainly like frequent the most, and that is Hire's Big H. Ooh. So I a, love a Hire's Utah Big classic. H. Uh, my, I, I just love the Big H. Keep it classic. Yeah. Give me the Big H. Take yeah. the tomato off. Add some bacon. That's all mm-hmm. I want for every meal of, just of every day, really. <laughs> of every day. Like, I, I genuinely could eat Hire's every day it's so good yeah it's like a it's like one of those like kind of classic drive-in mm-hmm. burger places and it seems like it did come from that era like, oh I don't, for sure. I don't know the history of that of, i don't that really place, either but it seems like it kind of has that old kind of timey diner feel but yeah it's like uh it's just like it's not trying to overdo their burger thing like i love lucky no. 13 oh yeah like it's good but it's like a different type of thing we could have know? a whole conversation about like what constitutes the best burger because everybody yeah. talks about how lucky 13 is the best burger in utah and I don't necessarily disagree. I just think yeah. it's so much more of a novelty item than like an actual right? like yeah burger. Like I want to if I want a burger, I want to just go get like a very simple burger. Yeah, and even as much as I love Pretty Bird, like their 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 chicken sandwich is incredible. Sometimes it does seem like a little extra. Yeah, you know, or you're like dial it back just a tad. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel sometimes about Lucky Thirteen. Yeah, but hires Big H is just like that right down the middle. Yeah, they have like, the best bun I've ever tasted. Yeah, really. It's not like even it, like there's not, it is not, such not, a good bun. There's no fuss with it. Either. No, no fuss at all. There, it's just, it's just like, like a buttered bun. It's just a buttered bun, a patty with cheese, some lettuce, and some tomato. If that's what you're into, I personally don't like tomatoes that much. And then they put their fry sauce on it, and uh, it is yeah. just glorious. No, no so, fuss. That's the way it's, it should be done. Those are my two choices. Okay, so I'm gonna finish this off with. Uh, well, I mean, you're still my dessert choice. So I apologize. So I, my, my, my official choice is, uh, I think it's Dolcetti okay. Gelato. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Ninth mm-hmm. and ninth. They have like, I, I'm a, I'm a ice cream fan. Yeah. Love an ice cream, but I love coconut. Like I, I love coconut ice mm-hmm. cream or coconut cake. I'm not even a cake fan. I don't like cake that much, but if it's cheesecake or coconut, then you're into it. I'm into it. And they have this like 
I don't even know if it's been a minute since I've been there, but there was like this coconut rice gelato mm. that was like insane. That sounds really good. That and then there's a there's an ice cream that came from I think they're called Normal that I had at this restaurant one time that was insane. But there's like, a there's a Normal truck inside of Charlie Square. Oh really? And they their ice cream is insane. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, I one, love that place. There was a, a restaurant that I went to that got their ice cream from Normal, and it was a charcoal. Mm. ice cream with like yeah. a honey drizzle on it. It yeah. was like crazy good. So like that, that sticks out, but like, yeah, that Dolcetti uh, coconut rice gelato is insane. And then I wanted to give a shout out to the now defunct cobbler cove in Farmington. <laughs> 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 Have you ever heard of this place? Uh-uh. There was a place in the Farmington. What is that mall called? The Farmington mall. The I have Farmington no idea what it's crossroad. called. I don't know. It's like, it's the, yeah, yeah it's the giant big shopping center mm-hmm. in, in Farmington. And there was this little shop, and it was called Cobbler Cove. Yeah. And it was like, they just had bowls of cobbler. It's like, what do you want? You want peach cobbler? You want blackberry cobbler? Farmington Station, I believe, is what it's called. Farmington Station. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, And it was like, it was just the weirdest concept for a dessert-like joint. But it was like, make your own cobbler. So you choose your cobbler, and then it comes in a bowl, and it's like, what topics do you want? So it was like frozen yogurt for cobbler. And it was like, you just go in there, and you're just like, whoever owns this, their heart is in the right yeah, place. You know? I love it. And and uh, me and my girlfriend went there one time, and it was awesome. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. And then like a month later, we were like, we should go check out Cobbler Cove. And it was closed. That and is so they closed down. incredibly sad. It's freaking, ooh, freaking tragic. Great catch. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> For those viewers, Jordan almost dropped his water on his laptop, <laughs> right on my laptop. and he saved it. Um, since you were talking about kind of like obscure ice cream flavors, I do want to point out or just shout out um, yeah. Palette, just a restaurant on, oh, yeah, yeah. on 3rd West has, yeah. one time I was eating there and they had two options and I got both. They had an olive oil ice cream Ooh. and a lavender ice cream and both of those yeah. just screamed to me. And they were yeah. delicious. They were just so delicious. All right, sorry. Do what's you, your? Do you, do you lo- wait, hold on. I, just, I had a. What's your? You like a pistachio ice cream? I love pistachio. Are you asking yeah. like what my favorite ice cream is? Well, sure. Yeah. Favorite ice cream would be mint chocolate chip, probably. Or yeah, or play doh. Yeah, yeah, I love play doh ice cream. Too. My yeah. backup, just for transparency, I know we're gonna get to this at the end, but my backup for uh, my backup. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your stomach? Yeah. <laughs> This conversation that we're having, as <laughs> like perfect for this segment. It's just my backup uh, was Fars Fars ice cream in Ogden. Oh yeah, for, for dude. Dessert. Hell yeah, yeah. I just found out that there's a Fars and Holiday. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's like connected to like a shawarma restaurant. It's just like this little strip mall next to a gas station. And I was like, oh shit, I want to go get some Fars ice cream. That's they have like the best play doh, right? Yeah, that's my favorite. Their play doh is insane. All right, so my food truck choice. All right, I'm not sure how to pronounce this properly, so if I butcher it, I, I, I'm sorry, but I think it's pronounced Balabe. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that one's really good. It's a uh, Singalese food, um, and they're in this like little orange food truck, mm-hmm. and they usually show up at Fisher, but they're all over the place. Like they're, I think they're operating like every single day, and it's like one of those kind of unique eating experiences where it's like, you don't get this food anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a peanut sauce poutine. Delicious. Yeah. I love peanut I, yeah. sauce. I'm a huge fan of poutine in general, but they just like have this like kind of spin on it. Where mm-hmm. It's like, it's like peanut sauce and it's got like peppers and stuff and it's so good. And then I'm a huge shawarma fan. And yeah. They do like a chicken shawarma wrap. That's awesome. But like, uh, anytime that they go to Fisher, I'm You're just there. like, I have to, I have to get their food. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, so yeah, that's my food truck pick. I love it. My food truck pick is Jamaica's Kitchen. Um, mm. The first time I ever encountered Jamaica's Kitchen was at the uh, Utah Beer Fest. After mm. Jordan, our friend Weston, and I just happened to meet a woman named Jamaica that got us <laughs> into the beer fest for free because she had oh, extra tickets. Holy crap! I forgot about that. Yeah, she did not own Jamaica's Kitchen. Just yeah. so everyone knows, like. That was just, I felt I had to go to Jamaica's Kitchen to pay it forward for to, for Jamaica letting me into this yeah, beer yeah. fest for free. Um, but they have a jerk chicken burger. Ooh. No, just a jerk burger. There's no chicken involved. It's a burger. Yeah. And it is absolutely insane. It's like the perfect, yeah. it's got, so it's just like the jerk chicken sauce or the jerk sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the burger patty and then their, their own coleslaw. Damn. And it's insane. But I mean, you could get the jerk chicken meal or any number of uh-huh. other things there. They got the plantains. 
Like, oh, dude, it's all plantain. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Balabe has plantains, too. Oh, really? Like, dude, there we go. Platanos, man. Anytime yeah. that those are on the menu, I have to get them. And that's like, man, the, the food trucks. I think I think we need to keep the food truck scene alive because, like, again, it's like giving us access to all this food that we just never get. Absolutely. Like, and so, And sometimes you're, like, not sure. I mean, like. I've never opened a restaurant, but I, I would imagine that if you're trying to bring like a new type of cuisine to like, you know, Wonder Bread ass Utah, mm-hmm. it might be a little scary trying to do something extreme and maybe it's not as big of a risk to do it in a food truck. But we've seen like certain food trucks get enough success to where they can open up like a brick and mortar yeah, place. So for sure. Um, go out there and support your food trucks. Did you have a, what was your, uh, did you have like a backup? For yeah, the food truck, honorable mention for a food truck. I put a, I put a couple. I put Taste of Louisiana on there, which yeah. I just encountered recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had really some chicken good. and waffles that I just absolutely loved. I'm a sucker for chicken and waffles. Yeah. Um, I like. I'm. Uh, it's very basic, but I just love the Cluck Truck. They've got yeah, me too. That, that <laughs> buffalo chicken wrap is very yeah. very good. I want I want Cluck Truck. Uh, also on my honorable mentions, I I chased Cluck Truck around. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm like a a chicken tenders fan yeah but i i like i like when you can do like a chicken tender type thing it's not even like chicken tenders because it's not like processed chicken meat it's mm-hmm. like legit chicken um they they do i get their i call it chicky chicky parm parm but it's not chicken parmesan yeah <laughs> it's they're they're just chicken which is just like a big chicken tender that they like chop up and then parmesan fries mm-hmm. and like that and like a fisher beer is like it's a very insane. nice it's so good it's a very nice yeah. time so love Cluck Truck. Any other uh, uh, backups that you wanted to shout out? I do have a couple of backups. So for breakfast, um, I shouted out the Olympian a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, so I felt I'd leave them off this time. Yeah. That is my number one. Like if I'm if I really want breakfast, I'm probably going to get it from the Olympian. I've, I've had follow ups from that episode when people were like, "Yes, he's, oh, he's really? correct. That is the hangover spot." Nice. Yeah. Like Hell that's yeah. The, apparently has that reputation. Nice. Awesome. I also put down uh, Harushka's kolaches oh, on there. Love Harushka's kolaches. Yeah. I like to get the uh, the sausage and egg with the jalapeno pepper in it. Damn, I haven't been there in forever either. That place no. is so good. I mean, I, I have had it. I have not been there in a very long time. Yeah. Um, For lunch, my backup was Siegfried's Deli, where I get the choice. schnitzel with a side of spätzle. <laughs> the schnitzel and <laughs> And spätzle. a bohemian Viennese lager. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I got the Reuben last time I was there. It was really good. And then I already said my dessert backup was Fars, and yeah. my uh, dinner backup was Pretty Bird. So yeah, hell yeah. So my breakfast backup was uh, Over the Counter Cafe. Have you been there? Mm-mm. So it's like it, it literally in this like strip mall on I think thirty third South and twenty third East. Okay, up in the Mill Creek area, and it's just this tiny little divey cafe. We used to live right by there, and I've never been there. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's so good, and it's like this. It's just like. They, they do a thing called a garbage hash, mm-hmm. which is just every, all, all breakfast foods just yeah. mashed together in this plate. Uh, and it's it's like one of those places where you, you go in and it's packed, but you get seated quickly. Your coffee's never empty. Mm-hmm. So like the service is insane. It's all smiles from the whole staff. They're like happy to be working there. Yeah. And their food is just like no fuss, great breakfast food. Yeah. And like the, I think the, the, the fryer and the, like the, where they cook is just right there in the middle of the restaurant. So you can see them just like cooking food the whole time. It's really good. So shout out to uh, over the counter cafe. And then, uh, also on my dinner one, my, my dinner choice, I had a backup, uh, Cecilia Mia, which is mm. an Italian restaurant. I usually go to the one in uh holiday on Highland, but they just opened one downtown. Um, but they do like this insane carbonara, I love you, a good carbonara. Yeah, yeah. And they got like the good spaghetti too. It's not like the the like thin ass olive garden mm-hmm. shit. It's like the like thick spaghetti. All dense. Has some has some yeah, some, it has some weight to exactly. it. Exactly. And uh the, the the way they cook the carbonara is they like bring out this giant cheese wheel. Uh-huh. And the the spaghetti's cooked, so they get the cooked spaghetti and they drop it in the cheese wheel. They dump some kind of flammable thing on it and light it on fire and spin it wow. in the cheese wheel. And then they plate it and like make it all nice right there. And there's like a little flower on your plate and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> me and my girlfriend went there for like a like an anniversary date, I think last year or the year before. And this like little old Italian man just came up with his guitar and he like serenaded us, <laughs> which seems like an That's awkward beautiful. situation, but was like actually like really nice. Yeah. I was like, dang, this is like awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cecilia Mia, great, great experience. So that's going to do it for our uh, 2020 restaurant draft. Maybe we'll have to revisit this in a year 
Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, I think that's See that how would... many restaurants are still in business. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring bring it to that sad of a level, but that's a, a dismal way to put it. Um yeah, maybe we can revisit this next year. Um, but we're gonna take these results for our draft and uh make a little graphic that we're gonna put up on t- uh, Twitter and Instagram. And you and can you can participate as well. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll make a blank one so you can draft your own. Draft your own uh uh restaurants in each category. And again, we, we just like we like doing these things because it helps give give people um, you know, choices, you know, don't, you don't, you don't go to Cafe Rio every week. No, there's, there's other places to get food and we have really good food here in Salt Lake. You just got to know where to find it. So that's why we like to do these things. And hopefully if you guys participate, we can find some new places to go check out too. So that's going to do it for uh, today's show. Uh, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Holy Hive Utah. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.